I will sing unto the Lord, for He is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord, and bless His holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for He is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord, and bless His holy name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord, and bless his holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord, and bless his holy name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare, I've come to bless your name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Bless his name, 
bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. You are holy. You are righteous. You are magnificent. You are victorious. You are mighty. You are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are holy. You are righteous. Hallelujah. There's no one that can compare. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is worthy of all our praise. He is worthy. There's none like Jesus, none like you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, the Lord has really been speaking to me about being thankful, grateful. It's so easy to grumble and complain. It's so easy to be discontent. But you know what? We don't even know how blessed we are in this country. We don't know how God has worked in our behalf behind scenes in ways that we do not know and we cannot see. I want to have a heart of gratitude. I'm so grateful. You know, I just heard not too long ago Jeff Arnold talked about this, and I can't get it out of my spirit. If you want something from God then you've got to give him something. Are you giving him all your praise? Are you giving him everything that's in you? If you want the oil of joy, give him that heaviness. If you want healing, claim that healing. If you want forgiveness, forgive others. If you can't do it, lay it at his feet and don't pick it up again. I want to give him everything. Every day I ask the Lord to make me a broken woman before his throne, according to his will and his purposes, because I can't do it on my own. I need him. Without him, I am nothing. And that was free. (laughs) So you may be seated. May the Lord bless you and keep you. He's going to make his face shine upon you. And I'm... I was thinking about this scripture in Habakkuk, and it says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fall, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Linda's going to rejoice in the Lord. You put your name there. I will joy. In the God of my salvation, because the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet. 
He will make me to walk upon my high places. And that's what he does. That's what he does. And, you know, we hear all this stuff about COVID coming back and places are closing down. But you know what? That's just the way of life right now. But there is no fear. And you know what? God is still moving all over the world. In the Indonesian Ocean Islands, and there are many, in this past year, there have been 14,900 people filled with the Holy Ghost. And there have been, yes, and there have been 11,000 baptized in the name of Jesus. Don't tell me that God's dead. Don't tell me that he doesn't work. If you will reach out to him, he will do everything. He will take care of you. We're going to be talking about Bangladesh, and some of these pictures are dark, but I want you to know that that Bible school, that when uh, Brother Corbin was here and Sister Corbin, that Bible school is now finished on the outside, that building, and on the inside, they're working, and on the bottom, the lower level, it's going to be a sanctuary, and then the other levels are going to be housing, and they're going to be a Bible school there, and it's going to be housing for those that are coming. God is still working. In Bangladesh, you know... It's not like our country, and I don't know if you can tell there, but we'll go to the next slide. There are bags there that the church has handed out to people. There were recently 45 people that received a bag of rice. You can go to the next ones, Carol. You can just go through them. They received a bag of rice. They received a jar of oil. They received an onion, and they received a bar of soap to help them get through this COVID situation because they're still closed down. You can go to the next one, Carol. There are people in the church that gave to other people in the church because we are their hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. You can go to the next one. You know, in these countries, the Lord is still moving. 407 people in Bangladesh recently received the Holy Ghost. And 17 of those people We're baptized in Jesus' name. Not only that, but there's been healings and deliverances and miracles all over the world because our God is still the same. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. He has not changed. And how many like it when we have missionaries come? I do. Well, you're in for a treat because September 5th, and you mark it on your calendar, September 5th, we are having missionaries come. The dames are coming. They are from Bolivia. That's where they are currently stationed. They are coming with one of their daughters. And after service, we're going to have a meal downstairs. So next week, ladies, we're going to have a sign-up sheet for you to bring stuff. But let me tell you a little bit about the dames. Sister Dame was born and raised in Guatemala. When she was 12 years old, she started helping with the Sunday school ministry. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Guatemala or, or the, the countries in South America and Central America. Very poor. It's a huge, country, uh, huge city, the, Guatemala, the city of Guatemala. And they have almost a million people there. So a lot of the people from the poor regions come. But a lot of them have to scavenge. And there's a lot of children that are homeless. And they have to go to the dumps and find what they can to either sell, to eat, to use. 
So uh, Sister Dame, when she was younger, she started helping with Sunday school, and then she had a ministry for those children that were in the, in the dumps. A lot of them were homeless. And then, gradually, as they went to Bolivia, and I don't know if you understand this or know this, but when you're in some of those countries, if you go to prison and nobody can take care of your children, they go with you. And those prisons are not like our prisons. It's a harsh reality there for the adults, let alone for the children. But they started a a ministry, and they have been picking up children from the prisons and bringing them to Sunday school. And some of the people, when they leave prison, then they start coming to church. You know, God has a mighty work. And we need to be so grateful. And we need to use all our resources that we have to help them. Because we are his hands and we are his feet. And, you know, I've been thinking about what Brother Stone King always says. The lion can't eat it. The fire can't burn it. And you know what? Man can't kill it. And I remember when the Wendells, the, were, they were in Ethiopia. The government changed and they were kicked out. And Brother Wendell said to the man, he said, you know what? Dictators have come and gone. Kings have come and gone. But Jesus and his word will never be gone. There's nothing greater. He is, a, he is a mighty God. And he is worthy of all our praise every single day. In Jesus' name. So be here on the 5th. In Jesus' name. You'll be blessed. So for those of you online, um, our service time will be a little different on September 5th. We will have prayer at 10 a.m. and service starting at 1030. So instead of being here at 9 and 930, we're just going to do the one service so that we can spend time with them, that the, the missionaries, that afternoon. Our rock, the only solid ground As nations rise and fall Kingdoms were strong, now shaken But we trust forever in your name The name of Jesus We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever. Forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. 
Unmatched in all your wisdom, in love and justice we will reign, and every knee will bow. We bring our expectations, our hope is anchored in your name, the name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. We lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. Our God, a firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground. As nations rise and fall, kingdoms once strong now shaken, we trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. We lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. We 
lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus. From age to age you reign. Your kingdom has no end. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever. Forevermore. You are victorious, you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious. Hallelujah. You are the only king. Hallelujah. Always have been, always will be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Here as we wait, seek your face, come and make your throne upon our praise. Here in this place, have your way. The moment that we see you, we are changed. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Surrender and surrender, we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Here, not by power, not by might. But only by the cross we come alive. Here we're undone, overcome by heaven's love revealed before our eyes. Show us your glory, show us your glory. And surrender, we fall down. Show us your glory, show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Chains fall, fear bow, here now, Jesus you change everything, life's healed, hope found, here now, Jesus you change everything, Chains fall, fear bow, here now. Jesus, you change everything, lives healed, hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let our hearts be burning, Lord. Praise God. Let's give glory and honor unto the one who is our Savior, who is our Redeemer, the lover of our soul, our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our King, our Lord, our God, our Savior, in whom we trust. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, for the working of the Holy Ghost already resident in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministration of the Holy Ghost here. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, you are an awesome God. You are a wondrous Savior, a glorious King. All glory and all honor is yours. All worship and all praise is yours. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We exalt, Lord, magnify your mighty name, your wondrous name, your glorious name, the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We do worship and praise you today. Thank you, Jesus. For all that you are, for all that you do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are so thankful for you today. Praise God. What an opportunity He's given us this morning to enter into the presence of Almighty God. Amen. We ought not take that for granted. We ought to avail ourselves of that. When the Lord is here, when He is present in our midst, it's good to wait on Him, to tarry in His presence. Amen.
He loves us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated for just a moment. Uh, one other quick announcement. Uh, men, those that were here for prayer uh, yesterday, first of all, thank you. What a wonderful time that was. It is good for men to get together and to take care of kingdom business. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we are going to, not this weekend, obviously, because men's retreat is this weekend, but the following weekend, uh, we're going to ask that the men come here. There are going to be more information uh, to follow as far as specific times and stuff like that, but uh, we want to get together here that weekend, that Saturday, uh, to remove some bushes. Amen. Uh, trees. <laughs> Small trees. We're going to chop them, dig them up, do something with them, and haul them off. Praise God. Also, uh, we are so thankful to have a visitor with us this morning, uh, Sister Aurora Williams. Uh, my family and I are very familiar with her. She's a good friend of ours. Amen. We're so pleased to have her with us this morning. God bless you, Sister Aurora. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah. Hopefully next time your kids will be here. Amen. <laughs> good. Also, uh, we have a couple of prayer requests we want to pray for. Uh, Brother Bob has a friend uh, that recently passed away. Unfortunately, he committed suicide. And so he's asking us to pray for his family. His name is Max. And uh, so let's pray for Max's family today. And also uh, Tristan, uh, Sister Vicki Shepherd's son, he has uh, shingles. And so uh, not fun at all. Uh, so we want to pray for him that God uh, gives him a healing. Amen. God works sometimes in interesting ways. And, uh, you know, sometimes things happen to us uh, just because life happens. And sometimes things happen for a reason. Amen. I don't know which one this is, but in any case, God can work through it, His perfect will. Praise God. So let's all stand. We're going to pray one more time. Max's family and Tristan. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you. For your presence in this house already. Thank you, Jesus, for your great faithfulness to us. Your long-suffering patience to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness to the Word of God and the promises. The exceeding good and precious promises you've given us in your Word. We turn to you now, Lord Jesus, for these situations because... We are powerless to effect change in either one of them. For Max's family, that you would give comfort, that you would give peace that passes all understanding. Help them, Lord Jesus, through this most difficult time. And I pray, O oh God, that you would use this situation somehow to lead them to you, to lead them to salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray for Tristan, Lord Jesus, that you would heal him completely of these singles that you would destroy these from off of his body. Give him a perfect healing, I pray. And use this situation, I pray, to lead him to a place of repentance unto salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
It is your desire. It is your perfect will that all men everywhere be saved. I pray, O oh God, that you would lead them to salvation, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And through these situations, Lord, that your name would be glorified. That all men everywhere would begin to understand, perhaps afresh, anew, that the Lord our God intervenes in the affairs of men. Hallelujah, Jesus. That you have all power and all authority. Hallelujah. That our faith and our hope and our trust and our confidence in you is not misplaced. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness to us, for your great love and mercy and your compassion that you extend to us every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God is an awesome God. He is a wondrous God. Thank you, Jesus. As we talked about this morning, sometimes we want to, we want to ask and we, we wonder how and why and when and where and these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, God has it all in His hand. It's His timing. It's His will. And all we have to do is be patient and trust and submit ourselves to the plan of God. Amen. Praise God. Uh, while we're standing, if we turn in our uh, Bible study to the book of Matthew, Chapter 26. Thank you, Sister Linda, for uh, your presentation. I was debating whether or not just to keep you up here. Amen. (laughs) What an awesome thing to know that the Lord our God loves all people everywhere, not just the Americans. (laughs) amen although he does love americans too thank god for that matthew chapter 26 verses 30 through 35 states this and when they had sung in him they went out into the mount of olives then saith jesus unto them all ye shall be offended because of me this night for it is written i will smite the shepherd And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. If we drop down to verse 56 of the same chapter, the narrative continues on and says, But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. We're going to talk for a few minutes on this topic. Are words all we ever say? Our words, all we ever say. Let's pray one last time and ask the Lord to bless the remainder of our service. Lord Jesus, you have worked wondrously in our midst thus far. You have worked gloriously in this place up to this point. I pray, O God, that you would continue to manifest your perfect will in our midst here today. That all of your heart, all of your mind would be accomplished in our midst today. Hallelujah, Jesus. All we want is for your perfect will to be done in our lives. 
All we desire today is to see your heart manifest in our service this morning. I pray, O God, that as the people of God, that we would submit ourselves to you, that you would accomplish everything you desire in our lives, in this church body, and in this service. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. We heard last Wednesday about the loneliness of the saints and how that as we purpose in our heart to uh, move closer to God and become more like Him, that sometimes, uh, and it's never a pleasant situation, but oftentimes we will find ourselves becoming distant from other Christians and certainly uh, family members, friends, co-workers that don't serve God. As we become more like Him, we become less like the world. As we become more like Jesus Christ, we begin to understand less and less why people do the things they do, why they desire the things they desire. Because our hearts are being turned from carnalness to spirituality, from the temporal to the eternal. Today we're going to hear the other side of the equation. What happens when we're the ones that are becoming outdistanced? What happens when we're the ones that need to grow and purpose in our hearts that we need to move closer to God? What happens when we find others are passing us by? What then? We've heard in times past lessons preaching on covenants and what covenants are. And uh, just by way of reminder, a covenant is quite a bit more than a promise. It is a commitment. It is a commitment to someone that I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to do this thing, I'm committing to you no matter what. The only way I can be loosed from it is on pains of death. If I'm not dead, then I'm expected to fulfill my obligation. We've used the marriage covenant as a good example of that. We always hear people say, or we used to hear people say, Till death do us part. That's the only way out of a marriage covenant. Amen. Covenants are commitments. When we enter into a covenant relationship with God, we are entering into a commitment to Him. We are committing ourselves to Him. We are telling the Lord Jesus Christ that we are giving ourselves wholly and completely to You. We understand that God wants all of us or none of us. He's not going to settle for part of us, because you're not either. When it comes to the throne of our hearts, it's all or nothing. When we tell God we're going to share it, what we're really telling Him is, we want it. Whenever I want it, it's mine. Jesus is saying the same thing. He wants the throne of our hearts, period, all of it. All of us, when we're committing ourselves to Jesus Christ, that is what we are saying. We are giving you everything. We are holding nothing back. Commitments are funny, because in the heat of the moment, and we've all heard people say this, and perhaps you've said it yourself, in times of stress or in times of, of, of great trial, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll do anything. 
If you'll just take care of this, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just get me out of it. We've all heard of foxhole conversions. Some of us have had something, something like that. Soldier in a foxhole starts, bombs are going off right next to him. It's real easy to get spiritual. When at any moment you're going to meet him. I say that a little tongue in cheek, but if you're in a life or death situation, I can only imagine how awful and how fearful a place that would be. And you're very willing at that point to consider eternity. And thus the commitment. God, if I get out of this alive, I'll give my life to you. You're making a promise. You're making a commitment to God. So how does that play out? What does it look like if we've succeeded in doing that? Maybe more importantly, what does it look like when we've failed to follow through with that? If we look at the life of Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, we see a man that did indeed follow through with a commitment. And it wasn't just any old promise. It wasn't just a frivolous thing that, the, that Abraham committed to the Lord. We read in the first three verses of Genesis 22, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. He's presenting himself to the Lord. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. <clears throat> and Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Now in these three verses, we see a couple things that are going to be important. God issues a command. And it's not just any command. It's what we might consider a hard command. Now, a little background is in order so we understand exactly how difficult a command this was for Abraham to execute. This was the son of promise. God had given Abraham all of these promises all of these uh, things that were going to come to pass. And they were good things. He was going to be the father of a nation. His descendants were going to be as the sands of the, of the seashore and as the stars of heaven. He's going to possess the gate of his enemies. He's going to be blessed. But all of it is coming through Isaac, his son. God told him that. They're all contingent on Isaac. They're not going to come through Ishmael. They're going to come through the son that I'm going to give you, Isaac. Everything that God told him, all of his hopes and dreams, everything that Abraham is about is pinned to Isaac. Now God is saying, I want him back. Something else we see, or rather we don't see in this passage of Scripture is Abraham saying anything? 
He doesn't say a word. Maybe he did, but it's not recorded in Scripture. He doesn't tell God, I, nay, yea, nothing. All he does is he gets up early in the morning and proceeds to execute the command. That's all we see of Abraham. No words. No great flowery message about how he's going to submit himself to the will of God and, and tell God all of these great things he's about to do. All we see Abraham do is just simply get up in the morning and start doing what he was told to do. Conversely, we see in our uh, scripture text this morning, Peter does quite the opposite. He swears up and down. He gives the Lord Jesus an oath. I'll never deny you. I'll never be offended. All of these words, all of these promises, these commitments that he's making to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when the time comes to execute, he falls flat. They all did. Every one of them. Abraham, he just shut his mouth and did what he was told. Implicit in this passage of Scripture is the fact that Abraham agrees to do the thing that God told him to do. Again, we don't see any words being said between Abraham and God. But through his actions, we understand that he's in agreement. Whether he wants to or not is irrelevant. We know he doesn't want to. Because all of his hopes are pinned to Isaac. His entire future is pinned to this child. There's no way he wants to. He's not getting up in the morning to sacrifice his son because it's in his heart. He's doing it because it's in God's heart. No record of anything Abraham said. The only thing we see is what he did. Words are easy to say and talk is cheap. But action, what we do, is what is important. How we respond to God's commands are much more potent than how we answer God. Abraham's story continues in verse 9. Of Genesis 22. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. So as the story unfolds, we see Abraham arrives at the place that God told him to go. No detours. Nowhere in Scripture do we see any kind of delay, any kind of hesitation, any hint of trying to sidestep the command of God. He moves directly Directly 
into the perfect will of God. When God tells us to do something, our typical response is, why me? Why now? Why this way? Why can't I do it that way? Can I do it tomorrow? It's bedtime. i got to get up early. All of these reasons, all of these, well, can we just modify it a little bit? Can we, can we do it this way? Can we... As if we honestly believe God hasn't considered all of that already. God knows what time it is. He knows what time you've got to get up in the morning. He's thought of all the other possibilities. He's thought of all the possibilities you didn't. This is the best way to do it. When God issues a command, when God asks something of us, That's the best way to do it. God tells us to speak to someone. I suppose go ahead and ask your questions, but you're wasting your time and your breath because he's already got it all figured out. This is the best way to do it. This is the best way to proceed according to the command of God. Why did he choose you? I don't know. Maybe we'll never know, but is that really pertinent? Is that relevant? God can use you to talk to them whether you know why or not. Why? Probably because you're the one here. So, when God tells us to do something, we have made a commitment to God. When we decide in our hearts, we purpose in our hearts to serve Jesus Christ with our lives. It's an all or nothing proposition. And if, if we're not comfortable with that, then we need to reconsider. We need to get comfortable or do something else. Because at the end of the day, our commitment is absolute. We can't share our hearts between us. We can't share rulership of our lives. Do you know what a two-headed beast is? It's a monstrosity. There can only be one head. There can only be one ruler, one king, one lord. And it's going to be him or it's going to be you. He's given us the choice. We are free to choose. He is not forcing you to make any commitments to Him. But if you do, it's for everything. It's kind of like when you go into the service, Brother DeMuth. When I signed on the dotted line, I didn't get to decide where I was going to be stationed and how many hours a day I was going to work. And I don't feel like going to the field this weekend, boss. I'm just going to stay here this weekend. That's right. It was an all or nothing commitment. When I go, to, when I go sign my name on, on, onto a job, and I take money to do a job, I'm signing up according to the terms of the commitment. 
if the if the paperwork says I'm working 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday to Friday, and I decide I don't want to work those hours, well, it's a little late for that. I already I already committed to it. And the employer would have every right to be upset with me if I start arguing with them about the hours. When we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we need to count the cost. And what that means is we need to understand what that commitment entails. The cost is so worth it. If you want to call it a cost... The stuff I have to give up, I should anyway. I really should give this stuff up anyway. I can't drink anymore. Oh, man. Boo-hoo. Well, I'd stopped drinking a while before I came to the Lord. Because it was stupid. Can I say stupid? Is that okay? It, It certainly was stupid. We stop doing stupid things. That's the cost of serving Jesus Christ. And in return, He gives us everlasting salvation. He gives us a relationship with Him that will never fail. He gives us provision, healing, restitution, everything that we could possibly hope for. But it is going to cost me everything of me. In the life of Abraham, he stops him at the last possible second and acknowledges that Abraham was completely obedient to him, that he held nothing back from God. Why? Because of what he said? No. Because of what he did. Because of his actions. He didn't have to say anything. He was obedient in action. His story continues in verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, done this thing, not said these words, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies." And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because because thou hast obeyed my voice. His story concludes with this. God renews his covenant with Abraham for this express reason. Because he obeyed the voice of God. He didn't make a promise to God. He didn't make oaths and, and swear obeisance to the Lord Jesus Christ. He simply executed the command in obedience to the Word of God. God's command to Abraham was this. I want everything. I want it all. Nothing held back. Nothing in reserve. It's all going to be mine or it's all going to be yours. We can have it whatever way you want, Abraham. But you decide. And Abraham decided, not with his words, but with his actions. 
The only thing that he might have held back from God was Isaac. He loved that boy more than anything, more than all of his possessions, more than his own life. He loved Isaac. That's why God asked it of him. That represented to God everything he had. And Abraham gave it. He didn't hold it back. He didn't sidestep it. He didn't argue with God. He didn't debate it. He didn't try to lessen the consequences. He didn't try to delay the outcome. He got up early in the morning and was obedient to the Word of God. God's not going to share you with anybody, even yourself. But when you choose, when you choose yourself as the, the ruler of your life, you're not going to share yourself with anyone either. You're not going to let someone else tell you what to do. You're going you're to decide what to do. In our scripture text, we begin with Matthew 26 and verse 30. And when they had sung unto him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Okay, Jesus is telling them the worst possible news the disciples could hear. Jesus is going away. He's going to die. He's going to be separated from them. The other thing he's telling them is that because of that, they're all going to be offended or made to stumble at and run away. They're going to flee. They're going to leave. Peter's answer is typically brash and states in no uncertain terms that even if this would cause everyone else to be offended, he never would be. Peter dedicates himself here to the Lord and says that no matter what happens, I'm sticking by you. I'm committing myself to you no matter what. That's what Peter is saying here. No matter the price, no matter the circumstance, I will stay true to you. I will be faithful to you through everything. That's Peter's words to Jesus. You know, we say these things in prayer. But Jesus is face to face with Peter. Peter's looking Jesus right in the eyes, telling him this. It continues, verse 34. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Jesus is saying, yeah, I hear your words, Peter. I hear what you're saying. But this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to respond when those situations you're talking about arise. How many times in our lives have we, in the heat of the moment, we get done with a powerful service. We spent 
an, an exceptionally precious time with God in prayer. And we feel his presence powerfully and, and, and we're just so spiritually stimulated and, and excited about what God is, is doing in our lives that we, we make promises to God and, and we commit ourselves to serve the Lord. And then Monday morning comes and Tuesday comes. And by the time Wednesday rolls around, it is all but forgotten. How many times has that happened with us? For all of our words, there just doesn't seem to be, oftentimes, a lot of action to back those words up. In Peter's life, it was certainly the case. In the disciples' lives, it was certainly the case. Peter was quite confident. He continues in verse 35. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Jesus told them, I appreciate that, Peter, but this is how you're going to respond. This is what you're going to do. He doubles down. Though I should die, I'll never deny you. And all the rest of the disciples chimed in, promised the same thing. Interestingly enough, Jesus doesn't say anything more about it. He just continues on. And in verse 56, we read, All the disciples forsook him and fled. Now, I certainly don't believe that they were lying to Jesus. I think they meant every word. In that moment, full belly, warm, in the presence of Jesus, all your friends around, I think they meant every word of it. They truly did. They truly felt like they could take anything that the enemy would dish out. But the very first little jab, very first poke, and they, they crumbled and fell. When the friends were gone, and Jesus was nowhere to be found, and it was cold. It was quite a bit different scenario now. What will we do in that situation? Peter, you made a commitment. The situation is irrelevant. It's irrelevant what we find ourselves facing. We made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Let me say it another way. Jesus made a commitment to us. And when that commitment meant hanging on a tree and dying, he followed through. He followed through with that. That's the level of commitment God has toward us. What is our commitment level toward him? When we commit something to Jesus, 
our finances, our time, our talents. And he asks us of those things at an inconvenient period of our lives, an inconvenient time. What is our response? Do we grumble, complain? In a perfect world, in a perfect world, we should be glad for the opportunity to give something back to God. He has given everything to us. Everything. So when God asks of me an hour of my day, when he asks of me 20 bucks to go to a missionary, when he asks of me, can you talk to this person? Can you minister to their needs? I should be jumping at the chance to do that. I really should, and here's why. Because when I needed it, God gave me money. When I needed it, God ministered to my needs. When I needed it, he spent all the time in the world with me. And I'm going to be stingy with the stuff he's given me? In Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 31... Jesus uh, tells us a parable. He says, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Jesus asks this question. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? They said unto him, the first. The son whose words said no, but his actions said yes, was the one who was obedient. The one who said yes, but didn't follow through, was then considered disobedient. The message is this. At the end of the day, make your promises, make your commitments to God. Nothing wrong with that. But those things you commit to the Lord, do. Do them. Follow through with your actions. Understanding that those things that we commit to Jesus Christ are His Anyway, when I decided to serve God with my life, I became his servant. That really means slave. My time isn't mine anymore. My finances aren't mine anymore. This body isn't mine anymore. They belong to Jesus Christ now. He's given me stewardship. 
But at any time he can require these things of me. And my response needs to be absolutely. Take that as yours. It's all his. I'm not giving up anything that isn't his already. We're not losing anything that we're not going to lose at some point anyway. All of my time, once I get planted, my time is all gone. Said the Lord Terry, I will be planted, and uh, that'll be it. No more body to worry about, no more time to worry about, no more money to worry about. But the things that will concern me then are eternal things. Why not I concern myself with them today? Right now. Concern myself with eternal things, spiritual things. We have committed everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our actions need to follow through with that commitment. Our actions need to say, they need to be in agreement with our words. When we say yes to God, then let's do yes for God. When we hear the word of God, When we hear the plan of God, the command of God in our lives, that's not enough. It's not enough to understand what the words mean. It's not enough to be able to debate it, to analyze it, to figure out what the original Greek is. That's not enough. I need to do it. I need to apply it to my life, my life, our lives. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. John 13 and 17 says, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. It seems to me that action is kind of important. It's kind of important. Our words... Our words can be if they're followed up with action. I can say all kinds of things. People say all kinds of things. But far less people follow up those words with concrete action. How many people have told you, if you need anything, give me a call? Words. Good words. You ever try calling them? More often than not, yeah, if you can get a hold of them at all, they're busy. If you tell someone that, make sure to answer the call. Make sure to help that person when they ask. 
You committed something to them. If you need anything, call me. I want to help. That's a commitment. That's a covenant. Our words to God aren't as important as our response to God. When we hear the word of God, we have a choice. We always have a choice. Do it or don't. We're all pretty much adults here. So I'm going to speak like an adult. The choice is yours, folks. Don't complain about it. Don't kick and scream because the outcome isn't the way you want. I want to do my thing and still get the blessings of God. Yeah, I understand that. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? But it's not going to happen. It will never happen. So stop crying about it. Stop kicking and screaming about it. If you want the blessings, you got to do the work. If you want the paycheck you got to show up to work. you got to do it. Yeah, I'm going to be there every day. Yep, I'm coming in today. Next day, yep, I'll be there. You haven't been in all week. I'm going to be. I want to be. I, I'm, I'm really intending to be there. Great, fantastic. But yeah, you get paid zero dollars this week. It doesn't work in the natural. It's not going to work in the spiritual. We tell God we're going to do something. God wants us to do something. And we tell Him we're going to do it. Nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be different than you thought it would be. God calls you into a ministry. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. But ministry isn't all peaches and cream. It isn't. Ministry is disappointment. Ministry is pain, failure. And it's victory. And it's success. And it's joy. But anything God asks us to do is going to get hard from time to time. In those times, we're going to be tempted to quit. We're going to be tempted to throw in the towel. Modify our commands somehow. Modify our assignment somehow. Don't. The situation is irrelevant. Our feelings about the situation are irrelevant. What is relevant, the only thing that's relevant, is the command of God and our response to that. That's all that's relevant. That's all we need to concern ourselves with. Like Abraham. Let's all stand. Like Abraham. When God asks us anything, but especially a hard thing. The temptation is to wiggle out of it. We're pretty good lawyers when we want to be. Don't lawyer your way out of the will of God. Be obedient. 
no matter what. No matter what it seems to cost you. No matter how hard it seems to be. Because one thing I can promise you from the Word of God is this. When you get through to the other side, there's blessing. Blessing you can't imagine. When Abraham got to the other side of his trial, and he was obedient through the whole thing, the Lord exalted him and magnified him and poured out blessing upon him. And he will do the same for you. But we've got to be faithful. We've got to be obedient. Amen. Amen. Let's come to the front. Let's let the Lord speak with us. Minister to us. If we find in our lives that we are more like the disciples than like Abraham, we can take comfort in the fact that God forgave the disciples. And he he's continued to use them mightily and wondrously. He used them, even though they failed God. It is through our obedience that we will have victory. Our submission to the will and plan of God, that God will begin to fight for us. Amen. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. The burden I had when I was under the yoke of bondage was heavy. And I I don't know if this is right or not, Sister Bell. But every once in a while, I look at someone like my kids, for example, that grew up in church. I look at the blessings they have, the, the wonderful opportunities they have. And sometimes I see them squandering that, taking it for granted, esteeming it lightly. And I sometimes wonder if... Uh, Maybe they do that because they, they've never tasted anything else. They've never known anything else. I would never suggest going out there and experiencing it, not ever. But I came out of that. Some of you did too. I've experienced both sides. I've experienced both yokes. And I can say unequivocally, unhesitantly choose Jesus Christ don't ever let that go if you grew up in church God bless you I envy you I envy you the the opportunities that you've had the chance to know God at such an early age but don't take that for granted please don't you have the best thing in the entire world the yoke I have now is a joy a blessing 
It's God's desire through our obedience, through our demonstration of love to our Savior. It's his desire to use us. And when I say use us, I don't mean manipulate. I don't mean scheme and and kick us to the side when he's done with us. I mean he wants to work through us his perfect will. He wants to manifest his glory, his power, his authority, his love, his compassion through you. He wants, he wants through you to demonstrate himself to this world. To demonstrate himself. That's action. That's not just words. That's action. Lord Jesus, as we come to you today, as we present ourselves to you afresh, We examine our hearts, we examine our our actions, our, our words. Perhaps we've said some things that we haven't followed through on. Perhaps we've made promises to you. We've committed things to you that, that we've still kept back. Perhaps there are areas in our lives that we want to keep hidden from you. For one reason or another, we haven't given everything to you. We haven't made you Lord of our lives completely. I pray, O God, that you would give us a new heart today, a new mind. Help us to understand that only by giving ourselves wholly and completely to you can this work. You will not share us with anything. I pray, O God, If I haven't already, I give everything to you. Search my heart. Examine my thoughts, my motives. If I haven't submitted completely to you, show me where. It is my desire this morning to submit myself wholly, completely to you. I pray, Lord, that that desire would be resident in all of your people, those watching online, that this desire would be resident in each and every one of us because we trust you, because we know that you love us with a love we'll never understand. We know, Lord Jesus, the plans you have for us. They are all good. They are all right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Minister to us. Minister to these people, these precious people. Help us, O God, to make good in our commitments to You. Help us, Lord Jesus, to follow through with our actions, with those things that we do. When we hear a command from the Lord, Help us to respond with action, with obedient action, as Abraham did with you when you asked his son, his only son Isaac. When you're asking us of our hopes and our dreams, when you're asking of us the futures that we have planned, the things that we think are in store for our lives, when you ask of us our time, our finances, when they're already in precious supply. 
Help us to respond with obedient action, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus, to follow your example because you responded with obedient action. You responded perfectly. You are, in all things, our example. When the Lord asks a hard thing of us, it's not that hard. We make it hard because of our carnal desires, because of our unsubmitted areas of our lives. We make things hard, but if we're truly given to you, if we're truly broken and submitted before you, these things aren't hard. They're a joy. Hallelujah, Jesus. The things you desire to do in this congregation, the things you want to do here. Hallelujah, Jesus.
are strength personified. There is no weakness in you. There is no variableness nor shadow of turning in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the ministration of your spirit here. Continue to work in us, Lord, your perfect work. Continue to work in us, I pray, Christ's likeness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus.